He's so good. All right, I'm going to pray again. Woo! Woo, Jesus, you're just getting me all riled up. Um, because it, it's not even just like, it's not even just like the surface, the emotion, because God, you're showing yourself in our midst. You are moving in power and in grace and in love. God, in situations that seem impossible, you're just blowing it up. You're coming in and you're delivering. When there is no way in the eyes of the world, God, you are providing a way. When things seem hopeless, you just come in and go, mm, I know. But I am a God of hope and restoration and reconciliation. I thank you for broken relationships that have been broken for so long that you are restoring and repairing. I thank you for guilt and shame and condemnation of sin from years past that you're bringing true forgiveness and healing to God. I thank you, God, for the sins that have been committed against people that have caused wounding, God, that you are binding up broken hearts, God. God, I think those that are oppressed by the enemy, God, that you are delivering them and setting them free those that you're healing physically and emotionally and spiritually, those that you're pouring out your love of, and giving the gift of salvation to, oh God, those that you're providing financially for this week, God, those that you've simply encouraged, those that you've simply said to them, I see you, I see you. When no one else sees to, seems to see you, I see you. Oh, Wow. You're not alone. You're not like out there somewhere out in space. You're near. You're with us. You're in us. You're in our midst. And that's what we celebrate today. So God, I have like a ton of expectation because you're in our midst and you're moving. And it's not because we do A, B, and C and then we get this certain outcome. We just come humbly before you, laying our agendas and our plans and our will before you and say, Jesus, you're king. Have your way. Have your way. Do what you want to do. So I give the things, God, that I've prepared. If you want me to head that direction, let's roll. And if it's not, God, I ask and I trust that you'll, you'll redirect and you'll, re -guide, you'll guide where you want us to go next. Yeah, Jesus, what, what do I step into next? Amen. Um, before we get into the text this morning, I are, are there any of you this morning that are just feeling like you're stuck in a situation that feels hopeless? Like you keep coming back to it, you're stuck there, like this is the way it's going to be forever, there's no way out, it just feels hopeless. If you're just overcome by hopelessness this morning, is, is, that, is that anyone this morning? All right, cool. Um, so here's what we're going to do. We're going to do it kind of the Moran Park way where I'm not going to just do the praying. We're going to have Moran Park pray for Moran Park. So would you be so gracious and bold if you're struggling with that hopeless situation? Would you just stand up? We don't do this to shame you. It's just practical. We need to know who to pray for. That's all. Sweet. That's so awesome. Cool. Stay standing. Stay standing. Sorry. Stay standing. Stay standing. If you're just in a hopeless situation, stay standing. Okay. Moran Park, here's what I want you to do for the rest of you. Find someone that's near you, and I want you, if you're near them, lay hands. And if you're not near someone, just pray generally for Moran Park for, uh, for hope, okay? Out loud. Go for it. Lay hands if you're close by. Ask if they, you can lay hands and lay hands. The rest of you, just pray for hope.
saying that the one for the heart surgery. God, we thank you that you are a God of hope, that you would pour out hope, supernatural hope, not hope because we try harder or think about being hopeful or will ourselves into it. We thank you for supernatural hope that comes from the power of the Holy Spirit. God, at this moment, in this moment, God, would you pour out the, the gift of hope, that you fill us with all hope that comes from your spirit, that is a gift from you, God, would you pour that out upon these individuals and those that didn't even stand, that are just struggling with hopeless situations, God, would you give them hope? Because you are steadfast, you are faithful, you are the rock in which we stand. Therefore, we have hope in you and in nothing else. You are the one that we have hope in. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. You grab a seat. Um, before we get into the message, we felt like there was a word. Uh, Vicki Lynn's going to share a word from Rand Park that pertains to some of you that we need to hear prior to the message this morning. This is one that um, someone said that they had heard God say about heart surgery. And what God told me about the word for heart surgery is that as you guys are listening to the message today, that God's going to change hearts. God's going to change hearts. And it may not be exactly in what pastor says, but it's going to be the Holy Spirit working through them. So just be expectant, especially those of you who really feel like, my heart is hard. I, I, don't, I don't know about this. I don't, I don't know if I can change. I don't know a hard heart, but God is doing surgery today. Amen. Thank you. All right. Lord, uh, do we jump in the, the, the teaching? Or uh, you have something else in store, Jesus? Amen. All right, let's roll. Um, 2 Corinthians chapter 10. We're at the end, verses 12 to the end this morning. And uh, this summer we've had the kids in with us, which has been awesome. And next... Sunday is our last Sunday with all the kids in here. Labor Day weekend, we go back to our normal children's ministry. Um, but I just want to say thanks to all the kids. We've been trying, trying to keep the teaching a little shorter, the, 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 Sunday, the service a little shorter for the sake of the kids. But we've been so grateful for your kids and your participation uh, because you are not like partial parts of the church. You're really part of the church, and we love that. That's so awesome. So 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 12. Whew. Do you have like, do you have like high expectation for what the Lord's going to do? Yes. That's crazy, right? Man, that's all. Okay, all right. 2 Corinthians 10, verse 12 to the end. I'm going to read it and then we'll, we'll talk. Um, before, I, before I do that, Paul is writing because there's a group of people that are fellow workers of the gospel around and they're like thinking they're hot stuff. And boasting all the fruit of their labor and they're saying well we're better than this person this person because we're look at look at all the amazing things we're doing and don't miss Paul's sarcasm here I think it's really funny but um, Paul's saying some bold things in the midst of this and this is what he picks up saying in verse 12 
Oh, don't worry. We wouldn't dare say that we are as wonderful as these other men who tell you how important they are. But they are only comparing themselves with each other, using themselves as the standard of measurement. How ignorant. We will not boast about things done outside our area of authority. We will boast only about what has happened within the boundaries of the work God has given us, which includes our working with you. We are not reaching beyond these boundaries when we claim authority over you, as if we have never visited you. For we were the first to travel all the way to Corinth with the good news of Christ. Nor do we boast and claim credit for the work someone else has done. Instead, we hope that your faith will grow so that the boundaries of our work among you will be extended. Then we will be able to go and preach the good news in other places far beyond you, where no one else is working. Then there will be no question of our boasting about the work done in someone else's territory. As the scriptures say, if you want to boast, boast only about the Lord. When people commend themselves, it doesn't count for much. The important thing is for the Lord to commend them. All right, jump back up to verse 12 for a second. So Paul's making the statement, and he's saying there's this temptation that these people are doing is they are comparing themselves with one another. They're, they're boasting in their own work, in their own ministry, um, but the way that they're doing it is they're using themselves as the measuring rod. And so they're looking around and be like, well, better than that, dude. Look how much more fruitful my ministry is. Well, I'm better than that person because look at what God's doing through me. I'm better than that person over there. I'm pretty hot stuff because, man, I got some signs and some wonders, a lot of salvations, some amazing things. I established a lot of churches, um, a couple people raised from the dead over here, hot stuff, right? And Paul, Paul gets really sarcastic with him. He's like, oh, yeah, we're not going to do that and using ourselves as the measuring stick. But what's crazy is this is not just a problem for back then in the church in Corinth. We do this all the time. We often compare ourselves to one another. You see, Paul uses the terminology here, uh, boundaries or territory. And he talks about being faithful with the territory and the boundaries that God set for them to minister in. And that's the thing. For all of us to profess the name of Jesus Christ, we are saved into the family of God because he loves us. But now we are also useful for him and to be used by him. But here's the crazy thing. While there are some generic things that all of us are called to do as followers of Jesus Christ, to love God, to love others, to make disciples, that can look a variety of different ways, and it happens in a variety of different places. There are boundaries and territories that God has given you that he's not given to somebody else. But isn't our temptation to look at our own and go, well, it's not as cool as that guy's. Yeah, I mean, I'm in a prayer. I'm doing prayer ministry. I'm, I'm doing a lot of intercession because that's what I feel like God's called me to. But, man, it's not nearly as cool as going prayer walking and seeing people give their lives to the Lord. Or we say, you know, yeah, God's called me to children's ministry and I, I get to work with kids. But, man, it's, I really like to work with adults where, you know, they comprehend more. Or we say things like, um, God is... God has not really called me to anything. I'm just working at a normal nine-to-five job. See, the truth is that God has called you to a particular place in a particular territory that he's intentionally sending you into and to be an ambassador for the gospel. 
But often ends up happening is when we use ourselves, our situation, our scenario in comparison to one another, we go one of two ways. When I compare my stuff, my territory to yours, I either begin to criticize you or I commend you. Or I criticize myself or commend myself. So if I think you're doing a great job compared to me, it's like, oh man, you are doing awesome. But if I think, man, that person really doesn't know how to pray very well, I'm a better prayer than they are, right? I'm a better leader. I'm a better whatever. I begin to think I'm doing hot stuff not based on what the Lord says about me, but what I say about me compared to you. Does that make sense? Anyone else struggle with that one? Just me? Okay. Um, you, you see, I think the biggest temptation, I was talking to my wife about this this week. My wife is super wise. I almost just had her come up and share it, but I've got to be like really wise because she won't come up here every week. I've got I to gotta use her sparingly, Okay. And then when she talks, you're going to want to hear every Sunday and not me, and that's whatever. So, um, so I was talking to my wife about this, and we, we were just reflecting this week on the temptation is uh, when we compare ourselves to one another, the boundaries that God has set for us to, to minister and to, 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 to do his work in um, is that the temptation is for you moms is to look at your ministry as a mom and say, wow, this is pretty small boundaries. It's kind of worthless. You see, a lot of times moms, you've bought into this lie that you're not doing a lot of meaningful work and there's more things that you should be out there doing for the Lord rather than simply saying, okay, God has called me to be a faithful mom and instill the good news of the gospel and Christ like this in my children. This is not a secondary calling. This is a primary calling and it's a high calling from the Lord. Some of you moms need to quit believing that crappy lie that says, oh, this is so insignificant. Being a mom is one of the most significant things that God could call you to. You should hear my wife say that, right? But you see, the thing is, is so often it's like, man, we are so, uh, we get so bogged down in this area of like legalism. What's the word? Oh, yeah, uh, religion, Right? This spirit of religion that's like, I got to do all this, I got to do all this, I got to do all this. And you're doing all these things in the flesh to try to please the Lord rather than stop and saying, okay, Jesus, what is it that you want me to do? Because what we are going to be commended on is not just the stuff we do. What we're going to be commended on by the Lord is, did we do what he wanted us to do? At the end, when we stand before the Lord, he's going to say, well done, good and faithful servant. It's, are we faithful to what he's asked us to step into? Some of you moms walk around with such guilt. Especially you single moms, you, you're like, I can't do it all. You can't do it all. I don't know how you do what you do. You work to cure your kids and try to instill the good news of the gospel in them. And the temptation is to be like, well, I don't really have time for anything else. I'm not very significant in the kingdom. I'm not doing much kingdom work. Rather than saying, oh my goodness, what an incredible calling God has placed on me to instill the good news of the gospel in my children. I simply want to be faithful in that. But it's such a trap, man. It's like when we're comparing ourselves to one another, we're like, oh, their, their territory is bigger. They have more influence than I do. Some of you have incredible territory that God has given you, and you just have failing to recognize that's what it is because you think that ministry is just like the professional ministry rather than the day-to-day -day walking in step with the Holy Spirit wherever God's placed you in the workplace or in school. In fact, this is something that's been burning on our hearts a lot the past uh, weeks and months where, just a little bit of a preview, in the next couple of weeks, we're going to start doing some very practical 
and intentional training and equipping on this idea of being an everyday disciple. How do you make and be a disciple in this everyday places, your workplace, your home, your school, in the places God's called you to? Because God has called you to a territory, and the thing is, we need to stop comparing ourselves to one another. Okay? So he goes on. You see, the thing is, um, Sorry, two things. I'm thirsty and I'm trying to seek the Lord. I know this is a lot of praying for people this morning, but it's kind of what the church does, right? So, <laughs> hey, how, how many of you just are struggling to believe that the places God has called you, that that is significant? Is anybody? Right? Whether it be your workplace or being a mom or being a dad or that thing. Any, any of those? All right. How do we do this? Here's what I want you to do. I want you to find a couple people around you, and I want you to turn to them, and I want you to just kind of pray collectively together that you would help, that God would give you significance, help you see the significance of the territory God's given you to represent him there, okay? So whether you raise your hand or not, I want you all to do it, because I think we all need that. Just turn people around you, and if you're not comfortable, just sit there, that's cool. Pray that God would give you eyes to see the significance of the territory he's given you to step into. God, we do thank you uh, that you've called us to specific places. God, I, get, I pray that you give us eyes to see what you're calling us to, to participate in and step into, that we would not compare ourselves with one another. God, for those of us that just, all of us, who just need an increase of vision and understanding for the value of what you're calling us to step into, that you've called us there for purpose. Even if the eyes of the world say, that's it, that there's value because you've said, this is where I want you to be. 
Would you give us an endurance and a steadfastness to press on to the things you want us to do? We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. You know what? I think, unfortunately, um, for some of us, we get so caught up in religion and feel like all these obligatory things that we have to do, that you're being so busy trying to do things for the Lord that he's never told you to step in to do, that you being busy to try to please the Lord is actually taking you away from walking in the things he's told you to do already. And so, like, may the Lord give you permission to step away from the things you're just doing out of guilt and obligation that he's not asked you to step into, to walk obediently and faithfully in the things that he's called you to. Some of you, um, God's asking you to step into a new territory, into some new things, and you're not wanting to because you want to stay where you're at. Other ones of you, you want to go to a new territory because the one you're in is really hard. Or it's boring. Or you're knocking your head against the wall. And some of you, God's saying, I'm not telling you to base your success off of the fruit that you see. Success is your obedience to me. Amen. Too often, we, um, right, we, we base our success off all the fruit. I think that's what's going on here. It's like, we don't even get to boast in the fruit that we see in our faithfulness. Because we simply plant, we water, it is God that causes the growth. We get in all kinds of screwy stuff and screwy trouble when we want to base our success off the fruit that we see. You have no control over the fruit that is produced in your ministry that alone belongs to the Lord. Right? Go back. Jesus says, well done, my good and faithful servant. He didn't say, well done, my good and fruitful servant. Now, don't get me wrong. There will be fruit that is produced through your ministry, through your work, through your faithful obedience to the Lord. But it does not always come in your timing or the way you want or when you want or with whom you want. He determines. Our job is to walk in faith. Now, here's, okay. I know I say this, right? And we talk about this all the time. That we believe that you can hear the voice of God. If you were a sheep... You're a follower of Jesus, you are a sheep, and he's the shepherd. And it says in John 10 that you know his voice. So there is a lie that says, I can't hear the voice of God. That is um, not true, all right? <laughs> Sorry, children present, children, right? Like, some of you simply need to hear this morning the truth. If you profess the name of Jesus Christ, he is your shepherd, and you are the sheep, and you can hear his voice. So stop doubting that you can't hear his voice and then keeping yourself so busy. Some of you are so busy doing work for the Lord, he's simply calling you away to be with him and actually listen to his voice and reevaluating what he's calling you to step into. And for some of you, it may not be outward ministry right now. It may be ministering simply to the Lord and getting to know him and praising him and worshiping him. That's it. You see, Paul says here at the end, he says, um, we don't boast. If you're going to boast in anything, we boast in the Lord. He's quoting from Jeremiah chapter 9, verse 24. And I want to read actually Jeremiah 20, 29, verse 23 and 24. And this should, be, this should be on the screen. This is, this is what the Lord says. Don't let the wise boast in their wisdom. Or the powerful boast in their power. Or the rich boast in their riches. But those who wish to boast should boast in this alone, that they truly know me 
and understand that I am the Lord who demonstrates unfailing love and who brings justice and righteousness to the earth. And that I delight in spoken these uh, I delight in these things. I, the Lord, have spoken. I mean, there is such a temptation that we face when we are simply walking in the territory God's asked us to walk in the ministry, raising kids, being present at the workplace, um, being a good follower of Jesus at your school, whatever, I mean, whatever that may be. But there is this temptation all of a sudden to walk in humility at first to the Lord and dependence on the Lord. But when things start going, then we start looking into our own strength and our own power. And then what we do is, again, we go back to comparing ourselves to one another, and we feel like, okay, God's calling me to a ministry of just being hospitable and having people over. Then all of a sudden, I look around and I go like, well, I'm not as hospitable as that person, so I'm not, I must not be very hospitable. Or I'm not seeing the fruit of ministry that they're having, so I'm definitely not hospitable. And so often, again, we base our success of our, uh, of the, based on the fruit. And how often, I mean, I'll tell you what, I do this all the time, unfortunately. That if I feel like I, I get the, I'm, I'm trying to be faithful as a leader, and then all of a sudden things go well, and I'm like, well, I must be a pretty good leader. But all of a sudden things don't go well, I'm like, I'm a pretty terrible leader. I pray for someone to get healed, man, I, I really must be a good prayer. I pray for someone they don't get healed, man, something's wrong with me, right? But what gives me grace and gives me comfort in this is... My job is not to boast in my gifts. My job is not to boast in my ability. My job is to boast simply in this one thing, and that is I know the Lord. I know him intimately. The good news of the gospel isn't just heaven. The good news of the gospel isn't now just living a moral life to please him. The good news of the gospel is this. This is eternal life, John 17, 3. And this is eternal life, that you would know the one true God and his son, Jesus Christ, whom he has sent. The beauty out of all this isn't to try to do all these things to please the Lord. The good news of the gospel, we've been restored to the living God of the universe. And it is out of that place of freedom enjoy that we can walk in obedience to whatever he tells us to do not measuring our purpose our value and our self-worth based on the results that we see but based on him being worthy of us walking in obedience to what he says day by day moment by moment i believe that's where we get to this point at the end of second corinthians 10 here where he says it doesn't matter if we boast in ourselves if we commend ourselves like that means nothing what matters is, is the Lord going to commend us? And I think we can stand confidently here today and say, by this we know that the Lord will commend us, is were we faithful with what he asked us to do? Did we do what he asked us to do, when he asked us to do it, how he asked us to do it, and with whom he asked us to do it? So for some of you this morning, it may simply be, I need to go before the Lord and ask him, okay, what is it that you're wanting me to step into? And am I, am I be, being obedient each day to what you say? and not what others say about me, or what they're commending me for, or even what I commend myself for, that we would walk in step-by-step -step daily obedience to the Lord. Can you imagine that, Moran Park? Like, how wild would it be if we were a people that, not just here on Sunday mornings, but like throughout our days, we walked in step-by-step -step intimacy and obedience to the Lord, that we were so free to not compare ourselves to each other. We were so free to not feel like you're going to condemn me for not doing it the right way, or I'm not going to compare because I think you're better than me. What if we walked in such intimacy with the Lord, there was such a freedom to do what the Lord said, when he said to do it, and could you imagine the kingdom impact that we could have together? But let's stop comparing. Walk faithfully into the places God's called you to walk.
Let's pray. God, I ask that um, you would open our eyes to the things you want us to step into and out of the things you don't want us to step into. God, in areas of comparison, I pray, God, that you would um, lead us to repentance. God, that we would... um, God, that we would repent for finding our worth and our value in what other people think, our worth and value what we think about ourselves, God. I pray that you would give us revelation in this moment of what you think about us, God, that you call us sons and daughters, that, God, you are pleased with us when we just walk in step with you. And even when we mess up, when we screw up, that you are pleased with us because we're covered in the blood of Jesus Christ, and there's grace in that. I pray against... A performance mentality, any way we're walking in performance mentality, that you break that off right now in Jesus' name. And we're trying to earn something, God, would you break that off right now in Jesus' name? That we'd walk in the freedom of knowing you, of listening to you, and walking in step with your spirit. Thank you for the places you've called us to, God. I pray, God, that we'd be faithful in those things. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm going to invite Suzanne to come up. Suzanne... Uh, leads our children's ministry and many times this summer she's led us as she often does with the kids downstairs into a response of hearing what the Lord's saying um, to us take it away I need my first through fifth graders to stand up pop up yeah there you go stand 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 okay I want you to think about something right now that you are very good at think about something that you are very very good at good at okay got it just think about it okay let's read this scripture together like we do on Sunday mornings when we're downstairs I want to hear you whoever boasts should boast only about the Lord what people say about themselves means nothing What counts is whether the Lord says they have done well. The truth is, this thing that you do very well, you don't need to brag about it. Because the Lord Lord knows you, the Lord loves you, the Lord sees you, and let him brag about you and you brag about the Lord. Amen? All right. Thank you.